twilight, these sisters discuss the paranormal and the unnerving. They are known as the Parasisters. Hey guys, this is Tristan. And it's Rebecca, your favorite. <laughs> you are watching and listening to the Parasisters. The Parasisters. Yep, because we're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Totes. I forgot what I was going to say. Dang it. Anyway. <laughs> um, we'll uh, start out by saying if you guys like our content, like, share, and subscribe. Um, Turn on your notification. Yes. So you always get our new stuff. Um, go anywhere you guys can get podcasts. You can get our podcast. It's awesome. I actually... Um, listen to other podcasters and they're like we don't listen to our podcast but I love listening to our podcast because <laughs> it's just that good I mean. yeah I mean I think it's great I don't know dude I love our I mean I don't really listen to them because I I listen to them as I edit them so right. I don't usually go back and listen to them. <laughs> not that I don't well, think it's I good do. but <laughs> I do, but I'm always critiquing, so I'm like, I could have done this better, or I talked too long about this thing, or something, you know? See, that, this is my fear when I'm re-listening to things, is I'm like, I, after the fact, most of the time, realize that I sound like an idiot sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't want it to be like, oh god, that's so cringy, and that's so cringy, and what was I thinking, and why did I say that, like... (laughs) Oh, that's my life. The earring is stabbing me in the neck. Okay. So, <laughs> well, Becca bleeds to death from her earring. Yes, um, it's punctured an artery at this point. Pardon. We are going to talk about part, uh, Port Arthur, Tasmania, Australia. Yes. This place is fantastic, and just so you guys know, this is going to be a multi-parter. I don't know how many parts yet, because I literally have pages of just, <laughs> like, history, history. Nice. Yeah. That's so, nice. this this week, um, well, this, this case, this part of the case, we're going to just talk about, like, it's, like, back history. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because so many things have happened here. This place is insane. Um, so we're going to just jump right in. Um, Poor Arthur. I'm excited, too. I found this by accident, actually. Sweet. Um, I've never I've never heard of this place. Um, Me either. Which is weird because it is so, like, there's so much going on. You know what's weird is I have a couple of things that I want to maybe do in the future in Australia and it's weird that I've never heard of this place yeah because I've specifically done research about places in Australia right so um Port Arthur is the most haunted town in the southern hemisphere yes sounds like a place I need to be me too I want to go this place is incredible um so poor Arthur started out as a penal colony. And for those who don't know what a penal colony is, it's where they send offenders Criminals. where they have no 
right where they have nowhere to send them they didn't want to put them in prison or whatever so they send them to a penal colony they kind of banish the prisoners right which so you know back in, silly, the, in the day the prisons would fill up really quickly and they didn't have space and plus i think um tran what do they call it transportation transportation i don't remember mm-hmm. uh it was a worse it was more severe punishment but they would also... Right, they serve for multiple offender, Like, a multiple right. offender. Well, I don't even know how to say that. But people who offended multiple multiple times. Right. Like, because if you did it once, they would just throw you, like, in the Tower of London. Yeah. But if you did it multiple times, then they finally shipped you off to somewhere else. Um, while there are many prisons around the world that are infamous for their ghostly residents, poor Arthur totally beats all of them. Mm. Um, and their story um, it was inhabited before it became a penal colony but starting in 1776 uh, because you know we won the war and Great Britain was no longer allowed to send their prisoners here kicked your ass Um, just kidding (laughs) well we did we're a free country now Um, they're no longer they were no longer allowed to send their criminals here you know we're like uh no i don't think so yeah we don't want those mothers um so starting in 1776 thousands of prisoners were shipped to port arthur and left to die nice. or however you know they were they were shipped there and they were never allowed to return home um port arthur features um every element um, of a good haunting, including child ghosts, a haunted hospital, random ringing bells, and a whole Sweet. lot more. Sweet. Yeah. That's, yes. Um, and this is just, just a little bit, like a little teaser, because we're going to get into the history and we're not to this part yet, but it's a little teaser of what's to come. So um, pay, pay attention and watch that later. Yes. According to legend, the multitude of ghosts and spirits who call poor Arthur home are victims of the brutal conditions of the prison itself. Um, This prison was awful Um, when it started. So this was in 1776. It was just a penal colony. Right. And then it eventually became a prison. Um, These, the commandant in charge of the penal and prison system um instituted a silent system yeah where prisoners were forced to stay silent every hour of every day yep every single 24 hours a day yes (gasps) they had they were not allowed to speak to one another they were not allowed to speak to the guards um they had to yes this is a psychological punishment. Um, yeah, that's they had to, up. yeah, they had to wear hoods over their heads, and remain in isolation for twenty-three hours a day if they were not working. Um, con- these conditions drove many prisoners insane. Yeah, so insane, in fact, that they eventually had to build an asylum. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we've made our prisoners insane. Let's build an asylum, please. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in the prison itself, people have reported that certain prison cells have uh, hold their 
former occupants depressed spirits in them and you can feel that energy when you go into them yeah um they have heard moans and cries of the children prisoners children they, they did have children prisoners yes what is happening at uh one of the facilities yeah because they were separated um and in the officers households they um experienced mysterious disturbances um Port Arthur seems to be the mecca of paranormal and chilling stories. This place is crazy. So that's my little intro to this before we get into the the little history. Because I, you know me in history. I love to do some history. Dude, I love history too. As a matter of fact, I have 12 pages of history. <laughs> Listen, that's why I shy away from some subjects. Because I know that the history itself is going to be so long. And then the yes. the like paranormal stuff is going to be like relatively short. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> well, the paranormal in this is actually very long. I'm going to try to combine. Because after this happens... Um, after the history happens, there is a, a significant event that takes place. What? Yes. And um, I'm going to try to combine that with the haunting history. Oh, so I don't get to hear that today. No, that's going to be in part two. All right. Uh, the, the event. <laughs> the event is going to, you guys are going to hear that in part two. I'm going to try to um, maybe do these back to back. If Rebecca doesn't mind. Nope. So, okay. I know you want to hear about it, so. I know, so bad. Okay, so Port Arthur is located about 97 kilometers, which is 60 miles, southeast of the state capital, Hobart, in Tasmania. Um, I'm sorry, on the Tasmanian Peninsula. I said that weirdly, Peninsula. Peninsula. You sounded very posh. I did, didn't I? Almost bougie. I I was bordering bougie. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) The scenic drive from Hobart to via the Tasman Highway to Sorrel and the Arthur Highway to Port Arthur. So you got to take a couple highways and you get to Port Arthur. Um, It takes around an hour and a half to get there from Hobart. Um. You can go here, and it is open for visitors. It is a tourist attraction. Yes, I love to hear that. So, so while the prisoners was here, were here, the only way, uh, the only connection to the mainland, is called Eagle Hawk Neck, and it's um. It's funny. Name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they call it neck because the Latin word. Mm-hmm. Or what this is actually called is super hard to pronounce. Oh, right. And it's technically that. And I didn't even put it in here because I was like, I'm never going to say that right. <laughs> like, I'm not even trying. That's well, it. I listened to it and like, you know, you can go to Google Translate yes. and you can hear what it sounds like. I tried and I could not do it. So Seriously? I was like, I'm not going to even put it in there. Yeah, it's a weird word. I might have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um... <clears throat> So this was the only connection to the mainland. This place was fenced and guarded by soldiers, man traps, and half-starved dogs. So you were not getting off this island. Yeah. You were not getting out of here at all. What's a man um, trap? I would assume it's like where they dig a pit and put the, the spikes. The spikes. The, yeah. And then and they then cover, then, like, it cover it with like leaves. 
<laughs> I'm assuming that's what a man trap is. I'm not sure. That's fucked up. I'm gonna make one of those. Um, and <laughs> people were not allowed to uh, to do whaling or fishing from the shore or ship based around this island because they were they were doing this to prevent the convicts from escaping. Of course, um, yeah. Like commandeering the boats and escaping. Yeah. So this place was very guarded. Um, you weren't allowed to do shit around the island. I mean, like, you couldn't even, like, sail up to the island. Right. Like, they would probably shoot your vessel down. That's cheat. <clears throat> so, the actual Port Arthur penal settlement began its life as a small timber station in 1830. Even though they started shipping people over there about 1777, 1778. Right. It became an actual settlement in 1830. Um, and it started as a timber station, which uh, was originally designed as a replacement for the recently closed timber camp at Birch's Bay, which is uh, pretty close to Port Arthur. Right. Um, Port Arthur quickly grew in importance with the penal system of the colonies. So this is where they... Uh, the British decided they're going to send everybody now right. to this penal like system. the main place. Right, where it used to be the Americas, you know. Right. I've actually like watched documentaries about history and they're like, We're, they're going to send us to the Americas, you know, and I'm like <laughs> this place is fantastic. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the best, like literally the best thing that could happen to you because when we're free, right. when we're free, right. I bet you're going to be free, so it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Right, fight with us. You'll be all good. Exactly. So, um, the initial decade of settlement saw the penal station. Um, they hacked everything from the bush. So, I didn't really understand what this means. I'm like, why are they hacking bushes? The bush is actually forest. <laughs> That's what they yeah. call it. Yes. The Australians like, are very odd in their um, lingo. They are, so I was like, I didn't understand why they were hacking the bushes. I'm like, why can't they just, like, bulldoze it? <laughs> You're like, like you just, know, get the hor- just plow that shit over. What's going on? <laughs> right, get the horse, get the buggy. I mean, come on, they're bushes. Because <laughs> I was like, hacked is a very strong word to use for bushes. Bushes, yeah, for bushes. <laughs> so I had to look it up, and it means forest. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um... And the first manufacturers, such as shipbuilding, shoemaking, smithing, timber, and brickmaking, um, were established. Smithing. Uh, it smithing? <laughs> smithing. Uh, the 1840s. Um, in the 1840s, the um, they consolidated the in, industri- industrial, sorry, and the penal nature of the settlement as the convict's population reached over 1,100 at this point. So in 10 years, they had 1,100 convicts. So they're like... That's a lot of criminals, like, really. Right, it is. And they're like, hey, why don't we make the criminals do all this shit? Yeah, why are we... Why are we working? We got got free free labor right here. What's going on? Free labor, exactly. Um, In 1842, a huge... I mean, huge flour mill and granary... Um, which is later turned into the penitentiary. Uh, they started construction on that. 
as well as the construction of a hospital. So they're big, they're growing big in the 10, 12 years that yeah. they are officially a settlement. Um, so they now are working on a mill, a granary, and a hospital. Um, in 1848, they started um, building a separate prison to house all these people. Right. You know? um, and they actually call it the separate prison. <laughs> and the completion of this brought about a shift in the punishment philosophy um, from physical and mental subjugation to... Uh, uh, from physical to mental subjugation. So this is when they start the mental punishment. This is where they can't speak to one another. They All they do is work, and while they're working, they can't talk. They're wearing hoods. This place is awful. That seems um, extremely harsh. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, like being in prison is one thing. Being in a, in a prison on a place that you obviously aren't from is another thing. And then you're not even allowed to talk to people? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, not even just people. You're not even allowed to talk to yourself. You cannot make noise. That's fucked, man. I would... Yeah, I... we'll get into it further. Like, what they even do to the prison so you cannot make noise. It's crazy. Listen, I'd be crazy within, like, a week. Because <laughs> I cannot stop For talking. real. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could... They, right, they would kill me or I would go insane. Like... Oh no no! You don't get killed for uh, for not ta- for talking. You get like ninety lashes. Oh shit! Yeah, it's insane. Like these people were like the mastermind of um, mental punishment. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, at this time, Port Arthur expands um, geographically, and. The con they made the convicts like push like um, get more timber make it bigger so uh, they made the convicts push further into the encircling hills and of course cut the timber because it's a timber place right. you know uh, timber station um, so after the American War of Independence British the Britain could no longer send their convicts to America. Uh, so they were all transferred here. I already put that in there. I already talked about that. Dang it. I hate when I do that. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> um, these men and women, because there were women and children here, uh, these men and women were convicted of crimes that seem very trivial today. Yeah. Like mostly for stealing sm- ar- small articles, um, yeah. livestock, uh, stuff like that. But they had to have been convicted at least one time in England right to be sent here if they did it again then they were sent to the penal colony I mean I think that's a good warning but I mean you also have to think I'm sure these people stole out of necessity I don't think they stole you know jewels or something right right and like Britain's policy to treat these people so harshly is really it's really bad it's British I know. I mean, like, a little child steals a loaf of bread because he's hungry. Right. Not because he's trying to be an asshole. He's hungry. And if he steals it again, he's sent to Australia. That's yeah, terrible. it's... It is terrible. Um, so, uh, 
the convicts, convicts, the convicts sent here uh, were more most likely to be poor young people from rural areas or from the slums of the big cities. Uh, one in five was a woman, and uh, numbers of children were also transported with their parents. So if their parents got sent, the children got sent, and oh. few ever returned home. Yeah. So I just want to and I'm throw it out there have you ever seen quigley down under i have not with tom Selleck. oh my gosh you have to see it like he the the whole thing is he goes down there for like a shooting like he's a really really good like um sharpshooter and it's like the Mm -hmm. 18 the 1800s you know and uh it's just so good and he meets like this crazy cora and she was sent there um by her husband from somewhere. I think it was America, probably, but it's so good. You have to watch it. You have oh. to watch it. It's very good. Before I continue on, isn't it crazy how men could send their wives to the insane asylum for no reason? It's so fucked up. Listen, or that's, send them to prison. This is this is something I deeply because I am in love with history. If I could live in like the Victorian era, I would, or earlier even, but. The idea that a husband had absolute control over his wife really upsets me. <laughs> like, right. I would never be able to live with that, honestly. <laughs> right. I have to turn this light on. It's hard for me to see the paper. <laughs> it's only natural. Get What'd you just say? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. Hush up, Nessie. Yeah, hush your Nessie mouth. <laughs> In the kitchen, make me some pie. (laughs) Fish pie. (laughs) Nessie. Of all the laborious occupations some convicts were forced to carry out during their time at Port Arthur, timber getting is what they call it. Timber getting was the most punishing. Yeah, I can imagine that's hard work. Oh, but the way that they had to do it is ridiculous. Okay, so... It was also the most profitable for the island so that they could be self-sustaining, you know, and make money. Of course. Um, From the very early days of the settlement, gangs of convicts cut timber from the bush surrounding the settlement. Um, The saws of the convicts supplied a steady stream of building materials to fulfill the needs of works both on and off the peninsula. Peninsula. Like I said, they were, um, they built ships, they, well, they started to build ships. Um, they would send the stuff off to uh, other, you know, timber places, and right. It was it was extremely profitable for for Arthur. Um, these trees were so enormous, um, actually much larger than the ones we find today. Yeah, I mean, I could only think about like the oldest forests of the world where the trees have never been touched. Yeah. Um, when felled a saw pit these trees were so big that they couldn't even cut them on the ground so they fell the trees and they had to dig a saw pit underneath of the log right so that it could be cut up into smaller lengths of wood um two convicts were in the saw pit to cut the wood one convict called the top dog stood on top of the log well, the other, the bottom dog, worked in the pit at the other end of the saw. So you had one on top and one on the bottom, and they're both, you know, one yeah. of those big long saws. 
Um, the bottom dog, his job was extremely uncomfortable because his eyes and his mouth would be filled with sawdust in his ears. Well, yeah, I'm like, you're looking up at, at sawdust. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, when the, this is how big these section pieces are. When the log was cut into a rough beam, a gang of 50 convicts named the Centipede Gang hefted the great weight upon their shoulders and carried the timber back to the main settlement. Holy crap. Where here at the main settlement, in larger saw pits constructed near the water, the timber was cut up into the planks, beams, boards, and spars needed for building. So just to transport it, they had to dig a saw pit cut it up into smaller pieces then 50 people would have to carry this thing <laughs> that's insane yeah um that's crazy so, i'm just like that's like every single person that works at my job basically we right. all we all would have to get together to carry a piece of wood all three of my taverns out here do not have 50 employees that's crazy isn't it it's nuts I know. <laughs> we have like 20. We don't even have half of that. <laughs> and that's for three taverns. <laughs> that's crazy. In 1841, um, the assignment system, which is where they sent people, you know, to work and stuff, was replaced by that of probation. Uh, this saw the uh, Tasman Peninsula. Why do I keep wanting to say it like Penins that? Peninsula. Peninsula. <laughs> say it again. I know. Peninsula. Peninsula. <laughs> I want to say it like, <laughs> but it's Peninsula. 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 <laughs> um, it was settled with five new stations, each of which had up to 600 convicts working at agriculture or merely serving time. Wow. So, at that's six hundred. That's three thousand inmates at this point. Holy crap! Yeah, because each new station, there's five new stations, and each station has six hundred people. Dang. Um. One probation station, cause like, okay, so you leave the the regular. This is your probation. <laughs> so you go from the regular prison into one of these stations when you're on probation. Right. Probation, even though you're not free to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> probation. With your probation officer. <laughs> um, run one probation station called the Cascades was uh, settled with the primary focus of extracting timber from the north side of the peninsula. Um, by 1846, the, Cas the Cascades had replaced Port Arthur as the main timber producer in the peninsula. So this Cascades place, one of the stations became huge. Yeah. And honestly, for my probation, I would not want to be sent to the Cascades. <laughs> um, in 1850, uh, they constructed a steam powered sawmill um, and the laying of iron tramways so that they could increase production. Um, to like haul the wood it made it easier to haul the wood um right. to such an extent that by 1856 the area around this ca the cascades 
the whole Cascades area um, was completely stripped of useful timber. Uh, timber. Yeah. What's wrong with people? I don't know. They're greedy. Mm-hmm. Um. So with the closure of the Cascades, uh, Cascades, Cascades. I can't talk to them. <laughs> Operations reverted back to Port Arthur, so Port Arthur now became the main timber yard again. Um. The small, the sawmill and the tramway rails were removed to Port Arthur. Were moved to Port Arthur, and a uh, a huge, like, parcel of land uh, was covered in saw pits next to the penitentiary. So it made it quicker for the guys to get to work. <laughs> nice. Yeah, let's just build the saw pits next to the penitentiary. They don't have long to walk. It's extremely convenient and thoughtful. <laughs> um, but a good thing is that they built log slides. Oh. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I didn't know exactly what that word or what that was. So it's a long log lines channel, which timber uh, can be slid down the hill. Yeah. So you just put the log in there and it slides down a hill. Uh, so the centipede gangs were no longer needed and it enabled convict gangs to cut up the timber further from the settlement so they could go out further and they wouldn't need these 50 guys to carry the stupid logs. Right. Um, so the decade after 1856 was the busiest time for Port Arthur. However, the convicts were getting older and sicker because they're not, they're not bringing a whole lot more in. Um, in the late 1860s, they could no longer work as well work as well in the bush as they've once been able. Um, as at Cascades, the area had also been stripped of all of its useful timber. Mm-hmm. Up until the closure closure of Port Arthur in 1877, the old convicts were used to cut firewood firewood, but they didn't have to um, cut down the big trees anymore. There's no more trees; they're all gone now. They just chopped them all down. <laughs> Yes. Um, in 1877, uh, the area was given over to private interests, and as individual companies been logging, began logging in the area, um, often using the old convict tracks for support. So they just started going out further. Um, they're being stupid. There was like no trees left yeah. on Port Arthur at all. Um, one of the greatest problems facing the authorities of Port Arthur was balancing the need to punish these people against the need of uh, being profitable, <laughs> making it a profitable enterprise. Um, all right, they figured they're like, hey, the convicts can't spend their days getting flogged and rotting in a cell. Uh, they needed to be reformed through the combination of religion, education, and trade training. Oh, yeah, that's nice. But I want to tell you that very few of these people were ever reformed. Actually, most of them ended up dying. Ugh, that's awful. Um, in 1834, shipbuilding was introduced to Port Arthur on a large scale. I mean, extremely large scale. Like, they produced so many ships out of here. And actually, two famous ships that served for over 40 years were produced in Port Arthur. Um... One was called the Isabel, and she sailed for 40 years. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the convicts um, uh, deemed well-behaved, 
and receptive to training were allowed to work at the dockyard. Um, so up to 70 convicts were employed at the dockyard. Employed at the dockyard <laughs> at its height. Employed, with the forced majority, to work. It's all the same. Right, which uh, with the majority engaged in menial tasks of like cutting and carrying timber, timber, timber. Uh, the remaining convicts were the carpenters, the blacksmith, the culkers, the coopers, and the shipwrights who actually built the vessels. So all these ships that came out of Port Arthur were built by convicts. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, though successful, the shipbuilding operations of Port Arthur ceased on a large scale in 1848. So it didn't run for terribly long, 14 years. You but know, they did build a ton of ships. I think it's uh, pretty messed up to use prisoners to make money for yourself. Because obviously they, they didn't see any of the money. <laughs> but they did all the work. No. No, I mean, but they did feed them. You know what I mean? They they did get fed once in a while. So like we we know you're breaking your back to make us millionaires, but here's some bread. And these people were honestly probably thought that at one time that they would be you know what I mean? They probably went here and they're like, Okay, I'm gonna use I'm gonna learn this good skill, I'm going to behave and I'll eventually get out of here. Yeah. It, not all of them were ever freed. Mostly most of them were not. That's despicable. Um, yeah. Especially considering um, the crimes. I'm like, I don't think they're crimes, obviously, unless they were like murderers or something, but it shouldn't be a life sentence. Like, I agree. It's, it's awful. Um, the dockyard still exists to this day, and it's a short walk awesome. from the main settlement. Yeah, it's a huge, like, tourist attraction. Dang, I want to um, go there. The original... The original master shipwright's residence is still there. Um, and one of the original slipways is um, A later building, the clerk of works, which I don't know what that means because it's Australia. Um, that also, that is also still there. It's not as old as the other things there, um, but it's still there. Clerk of works. Uh, Clerk of Works, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know uh, they also uh, one of the saw pits is still there, and the and the blacksmithing uh, hut building it's still there also. <laughs> Listen, I was literally just gonna look up the Clerk of Works, but when I opened a new tab, it came up on our <laughs> on oh. the recording. <laughs> I was looking at the, I was looking at the paper. I didn't even notice. Oh god! I was like, oh, close. <laughs> uh, throughout its operational life, Port Arthur struggled to reach an economically uh, sustainable level of operation. Um, and actually, it never did. It was just uh, because it they used the backs of convicts to make a profit, and they didn't actually think about being sustainable until later on. Well, right. They're just like, let's do what we can now to make money, but they didn't think of the future. <laughs> right. I mean, they did have some agricultural stuff where they did grow plants and um, things like that, but uh, in an ideal world, the product of convict labor... <coughs> oh, 
sorry, would provide uh, the raw manufacturing materials necessary for ongoing maintenance of the station and its occupants, but they sold all their shit off, so. <laughs> right, they didn't keep anything for. Right. Um, and <laughs> I mean, because really, this place was only here for 100 years. I mean, the land was there for a lot longer, of course, and I'm sure that they had indigenous peoples there. Um, but as a penal colony, it was only open for 100 years. Yeah, that's not that long. It's not that long um, because they it like fettered out. They took everything they could from the land. They didn't really put a lot of thought process into putting back into the land. So, right. Um, and so they figured that they would provide all this raw material, but it didn't. In some regards, Port Arthur managed this with its flourishing timber industry. Um, in some regards, it did not. Uh, fueling building works throughout the peninsula. 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 I don't know why I want to pronounce it like that. I know the word. It's just like I couldn't uh, pronounce alchemist. That was, I just couldn't do yeah. it. Like, even yeah. yesterday, I'm like, how do you say it again? And Andrew had to tell me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the meat, the flower, that's me today. The meat... <laughs> Flour and vegetables necessary for the rations for the convicts um, would also be sourced from the farms of Port Arthur and other peninsula stations. Um, all outstations and probation stations had tracts of land um, that they could uh, develop for these needs, like vegetables and stuff like that. Right. Uh, um, Saltwater River, which is a station, and Safety Cove Farm. Uh, they were the biggest agricultural stations um, open on the peninsula. Peninsula. Opened on this place, this island. <laughs> it's almost an island. Um, it's all, yeah, uh, they, also, <laughs> they also had a sheep station and um, for slaughtering. So they had they had sheep, they had mutton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite their clear aims, the main weight of the rations during the 1830s and especially the 1840s had to be shipped from Hobart. Oh, right. So, yeah, they just weren't producing enough. I mean, if they had stopped trying to cut wood for a while, maybe they would be able to. <laughs> It's weird because uh, we've heard of a lot of places like sanatoriums and prisons where they were like, they were self-sustaining like islands, basically not islands, but islands. And uh, it's crazy that they didn't do the do that here when they had obviously the opportunity to, like, right, like this this place could have been good. Like when we talked about Tronquil, it was completely self-sustaining. Right. They actually supplied stuff to other places because they were so completely self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. But this place actually, well, I'll, I'll read on and you'll understand. Like, their clear aims, the main weight of the rations during the 1830s and 1840s had to be shipped from Hobart. The 1841 introduction of probation um, uh, saw that the authority saw the authorities facing almost insurmountable problems rationing the convict population. 
Yeah, as the population rose from close to 1,500 to over 3,500 convicts in 1844. Yeah, the convict, just the convict population, the size of the convict population required over 2.5 tons of flour a day to fill the bread ration alone. That's insane. Yes. So, the the mill and the granary um, was supposed to supply uh, the ones of the convict department as well as produce surplus for export, but it did not. Um, while they built the, the mill and the um, granary, the whole undertaking was completed by 1845, um, um, comprising a series of of dams, uh, the poor Arthur water powered flour, flour mill and grainy had granary had the first be- been suggested in 1939. They're like, Hey, we're gonna run out of food, you guys need to help. <laughs> we need to do something, people need to eat. Um, so, uh, the, the suggestions <clears throat> of the uh, colonial commissariat, I don't know who governed the convict ration <laughs> supply and Port Arthur commandant saw the project start in 1842 and it was completed in 1845. Um, they designed this place extremely poorly. So um, the, the mill was a grand failure. An engineer, Alexander Clark, was brought in to oversee the mill and granary construction. Um, he was an, um, an engineer... Like, he was supposed to supply the water to the wheel. Like, that it was his job to figure out how to supply the water to the wheel to turn it. Right. It was hoped um, that it would... They, they wanted to do underground aqueduct and an overhead water raise. Getting the water to the 30-foot water wheel uh, was unthinkably complicated. Um. <laughs> And much more complicated than anybody thought it was going to be. The mill and the granary building was completed in just a year. um, But it took much longer for these aqueducts and the water race system. Right. Um, And it was a a grand failure. (laughs) Uh, That's not surprising, really. Uh, it, it, this whole thing sounds like a grand failure. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. infrastructure bringing the water to the wheel proved to be too complicated. Uh, losing the water to seepage and evaporation because it is Australia. It is hot as hell. And. Yep. And the supply of the water that they were feeding in was completely inadequate to feed the wheel. Um, in the end, the, the mill only operated in intermittent bursts. <laughs> uh, quickly <laughs> using up any store of water accumulated in the dam um, only a decade after it was first built the mill was gutted and between 1854 and 1857 it was converted into the penitentiary <laughs> that's crazy yes which became Port Arthur's most en- enduring landmark it still stands today you can go in there and you can go into the cells Nice. Um, In 1853, they ceased 
transportation. You were right. It's called transportation. Um, so this resulted in fewer transportees arriving in the station. Um, however, since Port Arthur was one of the few secondary punishment stations operating in the colonies, it still received a large portion of the colonial sentence men, as well as all transportees was still in the system. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, they, even though they were getting fewer, poor Arthur still got the majority of the people transferred in. Right. Uh, and this place was awful. Uh, during the 1860s, poor Arthur um, entered what has become known as its welfare phase. <laughs> uh, this period saw the construction of the Pauper's Depot and the Asylum. Uh, the result of an aging and increasingly infirm prisoner population. Um, these were the centers of Port Arthur's somewhat benevolent leanings. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like, all right, you guys are old and you're sick. And we understand now you've gone insane because you haven't been able to speak to each other in 15 years. So... <laughs> like, oh, we know you were sent here for stealing a loaf of bread, so, you know... <laughs> Yeah, so here's an asylum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, You'll like it here. You can actually talk. And then, right? And because they have, they they see transportation. Um, another result of the aging prisoners was that the profitable convict-driven industries like timber getting and agriculture took a downturn. Of course. Big price. You, um, you don't have free labor anymore, so... All right. Uh, the asylum was built next to the separate prison at the southern extremity of the site. So, like, at the furthest southern part of the peninsula. Right. Um, and it was built, like, in a classic asylum form that they built in the 1800s. Uh, in a, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it has, like, the yeah. ones that go out uh, to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Like um. So, so it has like separate wings with a main building. Yeah. Um, and this building was flanked by two L-shaped buildings comprising of the keeper's quarters and the bakehouse. Uh, to the rear was a long wooded building which served as a separate apartments for the asylum's more rowdy occupants. <laughs> so it's like a solitary confinement for the crazy, crazy ones. Yeah. Um, the front of the asylum was trimmed with um, an open veranda, which fronted out onto a large fence garden replete with paths and ornamental plantings. So it was very grand. What do these crazy people need this for? I don't think it was for the crazy people. I think it was just for the people who weren't crazy, like the workers, the oh, officers. Like, the... I'm like, you've already ruined their lives. Yeah. There's no point in giving them a garden. Okay. Right. <laughs> like... Um, in keeping with the era, because this is the 1800s, treatment for the patients, many suffering from depression and mental dis and a, or a mental disability, was rudimentary at best. Like they just didn't give a shit. So why even? Uh, like they should have just let them go free. I guess at that point, because like what? Right. <laughs> What's even the well, fucking now point? <laughs> now they've turned them insane because they weren't allowed to talk to each other. Right. Um, 
so the convict patients were provided with a soothing atmosphere <laughs> where they were allowed exercise and mild amusement. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, here's a book. Uh, Read a book. Right, mild amusement. I think they could, like, play, like, board games, maybe, or cards or something like that. They could um, probably talk to each other again. Right. Yeah, probably. That's our mild amusement. They can speak, yeah. like, five words a day. You're, you're allowed <laughs> to talk. Go ahead. Oh, jeez. Um, Work, though limited, was mainly tending gardens or chopping firewood, so they were allowed to work if they wanted to. Um, after the closure, the asylum was severely damaged in 1895 by, by bushfires. Um, and since then, it's gone through various incarnations as a schoolhouse, a town hall, and a museum. A schoolhouse? They had kids in there? Yeah. Um the 1850s and 1860s were years of remarkable activity for this place um it aimed to make the station economic economically sustainable right um oh never mind i already read that part <laughs> i just forgot to delete it out of my paper yeah it happens um the pulse of energy however was not sustained and the 1860s shuffled into the 1870s, and the settle the settlement began to enter its final days. Um, the numbers of convicts dwindled. Uh, those remaining behind were too aged, infirm, or insane to be of use. Yeah, insane. The settlement uh, that had hummed with life slowly ground to a standstill, and the lot the last convict was shipped out in 1877. They, so they, they sent them elsewhere. I was like, where did they take them? <laughs> like, you're out. They sent them to another penal colony, probably. Or right. maybe they just kind of let them loose. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of hope so. As long as they were, like, killers or rapists. Right. I, I would say that for the most, because um, Britain was not shy about capital punishment. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so... I'm assuming that if you killed somebody, you were just hanged. Yeah, probably. That's probably true. Um, so we're going to get into the reputation and perception part of Port Arthur. Um, when Port Arthur was built, when they decided to, for that to become a penal colony, um, it was like touted, like sold as an inescapable prison, much like Alcatraz. Um, some prisoners were not discouraged by this <laughs> and tried to escape anyway. <laughs> They're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> a, um, a prisoner named Martin Cash successfully escaped with, along with two others. Um, one of the most infamous incidents simply for its bizarreness <laughs> was the escaped of attempt of George Billy Hunt. <laughs> um, Hunt disguises himself as a king in a kangaroo hide. Shut <laughs> up! No, I don't even he believe this story. He, he wraps a kangaroo hide uh, hide around himself <laughs> and he tries to flee across the neck, which has the half-starved dogs, the guards, the man pits, and fence. <laughs> 
Um, in a kangaroo but the guards, fur. In a kangaroo hide, yes. Oh, um, I love this guy. He's my hero. The guard... I, well, this is awful. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> um, but the half-starved guards, because the guards were also starving. It's not just the convicts that were starving. The guards were starving also. Uh, the guards on duty tried to shoot him, thinking that he was a kangaroo, so they could supplement their meager rations. Um, when Hunt noticed that he was, that they were siding him up and trying to, they were going to try to <laughs> shoot him. They were going to eat you. Threw off his disguise and got 150 lashes for trying to escape. Well, that's not that bad, at least. At least he wasn't eaten. That's, at least he wasn't shot. But I mean, at this point, 150 lashes is awful. Yeah, I don't even know. They must have had somebody taking turns doing that. <laughs> like, that's quite, yeah. that's quite a bit of lashing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the inmates at, of Van Diemen's Land, which is on Port Arthur, uh, it, that's where the separate prison is located. Um, they endured a silent, lonely, psychological torture, which we've already talked about. Um, oh, okay, so this explains it. I, I read this and I totally spaced it. Um, when it opened in 1848, the English Empire was moving away from corporal punishment. Um, instead, sense. forcing convicts to quietly reflect on their past deeds in isolation. Uh, go think about it in the corner. Right. This approach was dreamed up by reformists who believed physical punishment was hardening convicts and making them more likely to reoffend. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a quote um, from a University of Tasmania PhD candidate, Honey Dower. She says, it was a prison discipline that operated under the principles of isolation, silence, and control. Uh, she also says that significant evidence that suggests suggests that suggests there is a connection between um, solitary confinement and decreased mental health which is not true (laughs) um this place was so bad so bad i'll get into it um Miss Dower tracing the lives of convicts through historical documents including obituaries and um Contact record, records of those who spent time in the separate prison. The prisoners had to study and attend chapel. And when outside their cell, they had to wear a hood to hide their faces. <laughs> they were not... Yeah, they had no names. They were just numbers. Oh, that's um, they, weren't allowed to, they were not allowed to communicate with anyone. And they were no longer called by their name, only a number. It was a silent place. It was so silent that when they built the penitentiary and the separate prison, uh, they laid mats in the corridors so even footsteps went unheard. What? This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, this place was silent. Could you imagine living somewhere like that? No. Uh, Despite its reputation as a pioneering institution for the new enlightened view of imprisonment... (laughs) Uh, Port Arthur was still, in reality, a harsh and brutal, as harsh and brutal as any other 
uh, penal sentiments around at that time. Uh, some critics even suggest that its use of psychological punishment compounded with no hope of escape made it one of the worst places to be. Um, Sam, some suggest, and it has been said, that prisoners committed murder, an offense punishable by death, just to escape the desolation what? of life at the camp. Oh, that's kind of sad. Um, the I, They have a place here. It's called the Isle of the Dead was the destination for all who died inside the prison camp inside the prison camps there are 1646 graves recorded to exist there that's just the recorded graves there may be some who are not recorded only 180 of those are only 180 of those are prison staff and military personnel those are the only ones that are marked everybody else's are unmarked oh that's so sad isn't it sad? It's awful. And that's where I'm going to end it today because... What? Yeah. Mm. I, oh, wait. Hold on. I had another page. <laughs> I have another page. Just kidding. I'm not ending it yet. Jokes. Um, so after the prison was closed, this is kind of like a more recent history. After the prison was closed, uh, much of the pop, uh, pop property... Much of the property was uh, put up for auction. Um, however, most of the property wasn't sold until about 1890. Huh. Uh, but by this time, the area had become increasingly popular and the prison buildings were in decay, of course, because it's closed since 1877. Right. Um, the, the actual Hobart Mercury, who is the founder of Hobart, the city um said the buildings themselves are fast going to decay and new years will attract nobody for they will be in ruins without anything to make them worthy of respect or even remembrance so it was his idea to open it up for tourism i guess good for him yeah uh the decay was seen as something positive as the tasmanian population wished wished to distance themselves from the dark image of poor Arthur. Like, yeah. they didn't want anything to do with it. They're like, let's forget it. Yes. And those who did purchase, which I am not for tearing down things or forgetting about things because history is what makes us. Yeah. All historical things is what, that's our ground. That's our foundation. Mm-hmm. And I, even if it's bad history, I think that it should be remembered Definitely. as bad history. Um, those who bought Port Arthur property began tearing down the buildings. Um, and then, of course, the destruction was furthered um, in 1895 and 1897 by brush fires. Bush fires, sorry. Uh, which destroyed the old prison house and um, a couple other things. The asylum went and it was mostly destroyed by fires. Um in place of the prison, Port Arthur, the town of Carnarvon, Carnarvon, Carnarvon. was born. Uh, Carnarvon. Um, it's it, the town was named after a British secretary of the state, and the population was said to be refined and intellectual. 
So where the prison was, it turned into this town. The town brought many visitors as they encouraged boating, fishing, and shooting in the natural beauty of the peninsula. Um, they again wished to remove the negative connotation attached to the area. So right. they're like, hey, look at this beautiful place. <laughs> um, in 1927, tourism had grown to the point where the area's name was reverted to Port Arthur. They turned right. it back to Port Arthur. In 1960, the uh, Scenery Preservation Board was established to take the management of Port Arthur out of the hands of the locals. So they, it became like a national thing. Right. Um, by the 19, 1970s, the National Parks and Wildlife Service began managing the site. So now it's a National Parks and Wildlife Service place um in 1979 funding was received to preserve the site as a tourist destination due to its historical significance which i love yeah that's awesome uh the working elements of port arthur communities such as the post office municipal op- offices um were moved to to nearby uh nubina and several sandstone structures built by the convicts um under by the convicts working under hard labor conditions were cleaned of ivy overgrowth and restored to a condition to their similar appearance in the 19th century buildings include uh the model prison uh the guard tower the church and the remnants of the main penitentiary um the buildings the buildings are surrounded by lush green parkland um and they preserve the um mass graves on the Isle of the Dead. So. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they were, it was, so they're kind of, they're they're trying to fix it, or they tried to fix it up. They did fix it up, and it's yeah. a huge tourist attraction. Um, but in my next part, we're going to talk about an incident that happened um, in the early 90s. What? And... Yeah, and then um, we're going to get into the spooky stuff. Yes, can't wait. The very, very spooky stuff, yes. I can't wait. And if you can't wait, make sure you like us and subscribe us. Subscribe us, is that a word? I don't think so. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to us. (laughs) (laughs) Just subscribe us, it's fine. (laughs) Dude, I'm so excited. I never can talk. I am too. There's so much history. Like I wanted to get through the history because I knew that it was going to take a little while because I literally have 12, 13 pages of history here. Dude. Some of it I kind of just glossed over because it didn't, wasn't really like pertinent information, information right. to this, but so. I just wanted to get it through that this place for a long time was a prison and it was an awful prison. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm kind of like on the fence about prisoners. I definitely don't think they should be treated like slaves, but <laughs> I think some I people agree. deserve to be in prison. Some people don't. <laughs> I agree. I, it doesn't and, s- I, and if it warrants it, I believe in capital punishment if it warrants it. Dude, I'm absolutely although, for capital punishment. If although I would not be the one, I would not want to be the one to judge that. I mean, 
Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing, right? So <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I could be on the jury and convict someone <laughs> and it's it depends on what it's death. for. It depends on what it's for. Oh, you know what I mean? Hell. No, you're not. Because <laughs> I believe I believe in capital punishment, but I don't know. It's it's a gray area. I mean, I would definitely never have a problem. Um, I think that child molesters should be sent to death. And <laughs> I agree. Um, I think murderers should be put to death. And uh, I, w- I would be the one to... to I could judge those people. <laughs> Rapist. With my peers. Yep. My, my 11 other peers, of course, but... <laughs> Sassy or not sassy, and Nessie's in the background saying rapist, and I agree. Yeah, rapist. I mean, rapist. Yes, absolutely. But I think that there are some any crimes against children. I think should uh, they you should never get another chance because you don't deserve it. Honestly, <laughs> right. I don't think that anybody who um, doesn't give somebody a chance to live deserves to live. Exactly. Why should they have a chance? Right. That's what I don't under... This is a whole nother discussion, of course. But I don't understand people that are against capital punishment because, I mean, how could you possibly look at a family of someone who's been tortured and murdered and say, well, we deserve to... He deserves to live. I'm like, what? What? No. He does not deserve to live. I agree. But, you know, there are those rare cases where the, the people are completely innocent and, you know, maybe they don't deserve to go to death, obviously. But <laughs> Right. Well, see, and that's the whole thing, because if you kill somebody or they say you killed somebody and you're innocent, you don't just like the next week go to death row. Not nowadays. You know, back in the day, it was a very, very quick process. If you were convicted, you're pretty much within at least two years, you're you're done. So... <laughs> But they've changed right. that with appeals and all kinds of stuff. So right. So nowadays, you know what I mean. Like you could, you could have a chance to prove your innocence. I'm not saying that that always happens, but there is a chance there because it just. I mean, you are on death row for like ten years or something like that. Long, before. There, I, there are literally people that have been on death row for like thirty years, playing like they're right. they're going through appeals to this day, even though they've been convicted, you know, in the seventies or early eighties, you know, like it's crazy. They, there are a lot of fail saves to make sure that people um, that are innocent don't get put to death. But (laughs) yes. Um, I don't know. Have you ever seen making a murderer on Netflix? I've, I've seen it on there. I have not watched it. it I would highly recommend watching this. It's briefly a guy in the eighties is convicted of a rape and he goes to prison for like 20 years and then DNA evidence proves that he was innocent. So right. he gets out and then all of a sudden um, a woman disappears and they're basically trying to say he did it. But it's very crazy because it, to me it doesn't seem like he actually did it. It seems like he is trying to be, uh, they're trying to pin it on him because he has like this huge lawsuit against the county um, that arrested uh, him and imprisoned him. And it's just, it's very suspicious, but it's so good. I recommend everybody watch it. It's so, so good. If you love true crime, this is it, man. <laughs> I do. I do. I love true crime. That's it. So anyway, you guys stay tuned for the next part of Port Arthur, Tasmania, Australia. Yes. 
It's going to be a good one. It's going to be better than this one. Um, this one was mostly just the history of the place. Um, we'll get more into uh, the prisoners, um, their lives, the crime that they committed, what happened to them on the island. Interesting. Or the peninsula. The peninsula. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into the event that happened and we'll get into the hauntings. Dude, I'm so excited to hear about this event. Yes. I can't wait. I'm not, I'm not excited. I know what the event is, so I'm not excited about the event because it's actually awful. But um, now I'm even more intrigued. Yeah, it's an awful <laughs> event. Um, I love awful but events. It connects with the hauntings a little bit, I think. So, um, yeah, that's awesome, and I can't wait. And uh, you guys, make sure you watch this. And watch our next one. Go back and watch all of our videos. Watch them all. Yes, we're, we're we now to... have two videos with over a thousand views on them. Yes, Tranquil and uh, Skidmore, Missouri. Yep. So go and watch those. They're good ones. But watch all of our videos because they're all good. And They are good, yes. If you don't feel like seeing our faces, that's fine. Go listen to our podcast. That's great, too. Yes, and check out our new website as the link is freaking fantastic. Yeah, the link's always in the bottom now of the video. Um, and of course, check out that Jim Harold episode where I'm on there, which I still haven't listened to. I doubt I ever will. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I you were not cringy at all. I probably won't listen to you it. You really weren't. Yeah, <laughs> you should. It's really good. Me and Sassy and uh, Grandma Sassy, we all watched it. Or we all listened to it together. It was really, really oh good. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, go and listen to that because Jim Harold always puts on a good. Um, he's a good host. He 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 tries his best with what he's got. So yes, sometimes what? sometimes the material's not there, but he's good. Anyway, so go yeah. do that. Um, and you know, I'm right now deciding that I want to start a fund to visit Port Arthur. So yes, so somebody please fund our trip to Port Arthur. Yeah, give us, like, we need, I think we only need, like, a thousand more views total, and we can be monetized. I know, we just need those views. People need to watch our other video. I mean, watch the ones, but watch all of them. And yes. like us, give us thumbs up, and of course, share us with all your friends and your family that like this kind of stuff. Yes, so that way we can, uh, we can do what we want to do and what we love to do. We want to... We want to go to these places. We don't just want to talk about it on YouTube. We want to do full-on investigations. Dude, I want to get, like, a bus and travel the country and eventually the world. I mean, this is, like, my legitimate goal is I want to see the spooky places of the world. So Yes. But we're broke asses, so we need the money. Yes. I agree. <laughs> oh, it's broke-ass people. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, I guess that's it. We're done. We're done for today. We're done. Sorry, I got a lovey kitty and she just, I got to let her do what she's going to do or else she won't stop. <laughs> uh, this is awkward. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cats are so weird. Anywho. Uh, no this one's super weird. This no. mochi, she's super weird. No offense to people that own cats. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> don't step on my computer. Ah, uh, she's cute. 
Oh, if you love the kitty, give us a thumbs up. And uh, I guess we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Yes, and you all stay creepy. Peace out, Mochi.